morning. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing? Happy first playoff bound edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips, Scott Smith here to take all of your questions. We are sure there are a ton of them as we go into this final week of the regular season, begin to look forward to the playoffs a little bit. And uh, as always, if you want to submit a question to us, you can do it in the comment section of the live Facebook video. So we know that takes people a few minutes while we give them a chance to do that. I figured we'd start with some of the recent news that uh, Ronald Jones has been activated from the COVID list. And I wanted to hear from you what all we know about that plus of course not forgetting his finger injury what it could mean about his availability when he might play and and now that we've seen Fournette Keyshawn Vaughn in there just that whole big picture of what all this could look like well yeah since he's been activated from the list he can now return to practice which would the first one would be today in about an hour and uh that's the key because even though he's now available the team has yet to have him practice since he had the fractured finger and had the surgery to have some pins inserted in there. And we saw that uh, that Chris Godwin was able to play with a similar injury after missing one game, and Ronald Jones has now missed two weeks because of the stay on the COVID list. But it's there's a difference between playing wide receiver and playing uh, running back. You might think it's actually a tougher injury for a, a receiver to play through because he has to catch the ball. But um, we, uh, Godwin showed pretty easily that he could catch the ball with the splint thing he had on his hand. For the running back, the issue is can you get hit on that hand because you're going to get hit a lot if you're getting a lot of carries up the middle and through the pack. If he gets hit, is he going to be able to hold onto the football? And that's what Bruce Arians means when he frequently says, will Ronald Jones be able to protect himself? So they're going to try to figure that out in practice this week. I'm not sure the mechanism of how you figure that out because you're clearly not going to hit him in the hand. That wouldn't be very smart. So they're going to have to figure that out somewhere or another to see if he can play. In, in the interim – uh, Leonard Fournette has done a decent job. He's, he scored three touchdowns. He's definitely got some tough yards. His total yards through the two games are 83, which isn't a huge amount. We did see a nice little stint there from Keyshawn Vaughn in Detroit, uh, which was encouraging and makes you want to see a little more from him. You do wonder, though, with any of the accomplishments in Detroit, you, you have to take them with a little bit of grain of salt because that was such a depleted team. So I think the team would be ecstatic to have a fully functional Ronald Jones back as their lead back. Okay. And uh, we had a couple different people asking about Mike Evans getting the potential thousand yards, being the first player ever to do that for seven seasons in a row. And people asking, do you think he'll get it? And then is there a risk of maybe sitting a lot of the starters? Kind of what's the the weighing wanting to get him the record versus who you play yeah. and what there is still to play for? Just to, to be clear on that record, it's the first seven seasons to start a player's career. Uh, there have been other players like Jerry Rice who've done it seven years in a row. But to start a player's career, Mike could be the first one right now. He and Randy Moss are the only two that have done it six times in a row to start their career. And about three weeks ago, it didn't look very likely. He, he needed to average about 110 yards a game or more. And, uh, you know, since he'd had, I think at that point, 200-yard games a season, you didn't think, well, that's likely to happen. But since then, against Atlanta, he got about 110. And last week he went off for 181. And that has him at 960. And obviously, 40 yards away, you're very much in range. I mean, that's potentially one big play. Uh, it'll be harder to get the ball downfield as consistently and easily as we did against Detroit than against Atlanta. Atlanta's pass defense is not great, but Detroit's was really in shambles. Um, so we'll see. I think, first of all, in terms of starting and resting players, I think Bruce Arians made it pretty clear that at least at the beginning, they're going to play their guys and try to win. And, uh, you know, he said it had nothing to do with who we end up 
where we end up going in round one of the playoffs. Although I'm sure a lot of us are thinking about that and the difference between the five and six seed to him. He said, it's a pride issue for the team and that 11 and five is a lot better than 10 and six. And that the fifth seed is a lot better than the sixth seed. So they're going to try to win. Now, could they start resting players depending upon how the game is going? Yes. I believe that's very possible, particularly if we can get a big lead. Uh, but I think at the beginning, you're going to see, see the guys play. And I think they are going to make an effort to get the ball to Mike Evans. Well, and it's perfect that you brought up the idea of getting that seed. Mitch asked, can you explain who we might play if we are the fifth or the sixth seed? And we'll go ahead and give a disclaimer that after this, we're going to be shooting our path to the playoffs video that we've been doing every week where we'll dive into this a lot more in depth. But if you want to at least just kind of give a, a little quick clip notes version before we do that. Well, the funny part about this is there are still with one week to go and, and the Bucks can only be five or six seed. You'd think you'd be close to locked in, but there are actually six different possible destinations the Bucks could go to. If they get that five seed, which they will do so by winning, or even if they don't win by having the Rams lose, then they're going to go to the, the, in the home of the NFC East champion, which will be Washington if Washington wins. But if Washington loses, it'll be whoever wins between Dallas and the New York Giants. So there's three possible destinations there. If the Buccaneers lose and the Rams win, now you're the sixth seed and you're playing at the three seed. And even though that's most likely to be Seattle, it could also still be Green Bay and New Orleans. So there's a lot still to be decided, not so much for the Buccaneers, but the whole picture around the Buccaneers. All right. Uh, and I thought this was pretty funny. Mitch asked uh, me who makes me laugh or has surprised me most during interviews, which I thought was very funny. I feel like that's something we haven't ever talked about on this show. Um, so yeah, I feel like this year in particular, um, you, I have to say Gronk because yeah, I mean, it's, he's exactly everything that you think he would be. And I still remember the first event that I was doing with him. And it's weird because all these people I've just kind of only talked to over zoom, we still yeah. haven't really gotten to do in-person things. So before an event, you know, we're sitting here kind of talking about how the event is going to go. It's like a live streamed thing. And we're on zoom like this. And all of a sudden he just starts like disappearing out of the frame. And I was like, what is happening? And then he's coming back and whatever. And he was in a recliner, like a automatic recliner chair. And he would just all of a sudden, like, as I'd start to be like, okay, here's what we need to do. Like, and he just <laughs> disappear. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, and in all of the interviews and everything, like he has just been so fun and so funny. And, and even when he's mic'd up, that there's not a moment that he doesn't seem to be just having the time of his life in whatever he's doing. So yes, yeah. I think that would be my answer for this year. That seems to be his default setting. <laughs> I, la I laughed out loud at the robot dance. Oh Detroit. my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah, which apparently um, he actually thought of it as more of a Frankenstein. Yeah, and, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yeah, so I heard that he was calling it either the Gronkenstein or the Robinstein or something, which I thought was pretty funny. I think, yeah, yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, okay, this is a good one that we didn't really get a chance to talk about last week when the news came out. Matt asked, who was the biggest snub for the Pro Bowl, in your opinion? And he gave the options in his mind of Brady, Ali Marpet, Tristan Wirfs, Levante David, or Devin White. All the above. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, um, in a career sense, it's Levante David. The fact that he's only made one is amazing to me. Uh, but at this point, it's not at all surprising. And it's a little bit tough for him and Devin White because they're only two two spots and there's not going to be any replacements at inside linebacker and they're kind of both probably stealing votes from each other a little bit uh, so it went to Fred Warner of San Fran and Bobby Wagner who makes it every year of Seattle so that's just a tough go um, you know it's hard to ignore Devin White simply because if you're voting on numbers there's not really a player out there that has a combination of stats that Devin White has with his 140 tackles, his nine sacks, 
I think something like 15 quarterback hits. He's got some pass breakups, some fumbles forced and recovered. He's got the full complement of stats that look like a pro bowler. So that one's a little tough. And, and the one that isn't surprising just because it's really hard for offensive linemen to get traction is Ali Marpet. I mean, I think all of us here know that he was playing at a pro bowl level before he went on injured reserve with the concussion. And since he's been back, he's made a big difference. I, you know, they're all, they're all snubs of some sort, but I think Devin and Ali stand out the most to me. Yeah, I think the alley would have been my answer if he hadn't missed games. I think that I, I tend to see where, unless it is someone that is just like always going to win the popularity contest because of their name recognition, if a player misses very much time, it tends to hurt them a lot in the Pro Bowl. So if he hadn't missed those games, then yeah, I think he would be my top answer. I do think Devin is a big one um, because what we've talked about in the past of why we felt like Levante didn't make it was because we're like, well, with linebackers, it tends to be that people vote based on sacks you know, and inside linebackers when he's having to kind of compete against your, in the past, these outside linebackers on a three, four, but now Devin has nine sacks. And so that sort of went like that, that blew that argument out of the water of why our inside linebackers don't always get the recognition. So now I'm just like, well, yeah, I, I think. I don't know what you can do about it, to be honest with you. I yeah, just don't. we're just going to be on the soapbox and for next year and try even harder. And as um, for Tom Brady, I don't, I know Aaron Rodgers is one of them. And I guess Drew Brees probably. And they both had very good years. And Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray was really, I think Kyler Murray's the third pick. And he was really helped by some really phenomenal and exciting games around midseason. Yeah. And that's what's fresh in, in the voters' minds. If you look at the, if you look at their numbers side by side and, and how their teams have done, I think you blindly, if you just blindly looked at the numbers and the team records, you'd probably pick Tom Brady uh, over Kyler Murray. So that, that probably be, could be considered a snuff at this point. Um, but Tom's been to, I think 14 of them. So he'll probably be okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think he'll probably, he's, he's probably not up crying at night about, about this stat. Um, all right. Riley said, if Rojo's injury goes through the wild card, do you think we see more of Vaughn or Fournette on the goal line? Yeah, you'd probably still do Fournette on the goal line. I mean, if there's anything that he has definitely proved that he's very good at so far with the bucks, it's punching it in from one or two yards out. I mean, that's worked. So why go away from it? Uh, I think it's be more likely to see Vaughn taking away some of his carries between the twenties. Uh, and Kevin asked uh, how much do you think we'll be seeing Scotty Miller anymore and how all that has been shaking out of who gets what targets? Yeah. I wish I could remember how many snaps he had in this last game. Um, you know, the story is pretty much established at this point. Uh, he was dealing with some injuries that had limited him hip and groin injuries that had made it hard for him to really be at full speed. And in the meantime, the Buccaneers signed Antonio Brown and he's pretty much stepped right into that third receiver role. And that hasn't changed week to week to week. So I think we're pretty set and established with the top three receivers and you run that 11 package more than anything else. And it's got to get some time in that, but not as much as Antonio Brown. So now we're talking about different packages that specifically have Scotty in them or four receiver packages. And there's less snaps for that. So they obviously have some plays for him. And we've seen that in recent weeks, but uh, I don't see his playing time going through the roof for the rest of this year. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks as always for joining us and for those great questions. And don't forget after this, we're going to be shooting our path to the playoffs. So stay tuned to that to hear all the details of all the myriad options that are still out there of who the Bucs might face, depending on which seed they get. So we'll see you next time.